0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 394 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Clean Eating and Auditor Carolyn Whaley. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible.
0: Our sponsors this week are Clarion Lexington, Dr. Rose's Remedies, and Uncle Jimmy's. Auditor Carolyn Whaley leads the way as Listener of the Week, Rachel Pellison on Clean Eating, and some Redwood Polos. Listen in.
2: Welcome to The Stable School, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from The Stable, it's every week. We bring you the news through hell, high water, while using their tails as a own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop. Cause it's time again for stable school, stable school, stable school,
0: stable school. This is Glenn the Geek.
1: And this is Helena B. and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network.
0: Helena, we're going to start off the show this week. We have a fun show planned, and hopefully you're going to enjoy it. I know that I've been getting a lot of comments from people that have been enjoying the listeners of the week in our year of the listener, and we certainly have been enjoying getting to know all of you. And, and we are kind of proving the theory that we had eight years ago, and that is every Buddy in the Horse world has a story, uh, and you know, it's just your, it's just you and my. It's our job to to get that story out, right? It's our
1: job to share the love.
0: And l- let me tell you, I've been so excited about every listener we have on has been interesting and fun, and we've learned so much, and they've all done different things than than we have done. So it's just cool to get to know everybody, and we're going to continue that this week. But first, you attended PodFest. We talked about that.: Yes? And then you went away like you do uh, when you're excited about something and you just immediately put it into action. So tell everybody what you're up to your new newest project. Well, I did immediately put
1: this into action because um, I have to say this. I just I have to say this. I parted ways with a very large client after nine years and it was a good thing. And it was a very good thing. Although this is, you know, you see all those memes on Facebook, like one thing has to fall apart so something else can come together. You know, I'm always like, blah, 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 blah,
0: (laughs) blah. Because when she called and told me the news about that about parting ways i said this is happening for a reason and she said blah blah blah
1: <laughs> i did i said blah 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 i mean it was good i had to um it was a, a very unhealthy situation for me and that goes on for a long time but when you're a single mom who's trying to keep a farm above water literally sometimes um you really don't want to bite the hand that feeds you well in a, in a way this hand set me free and um it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. So of course, I get on a plane and I go down with Buck and Grace to Tampa to meet up with Glenn, who's um, sort of uh, he's the big guy at this Podfest conference. And I, I'm like, crap, this is the worst time for me to go away. Like,
0: I know. And I what can am tell I you do? were thinking that too.
1: What am I going to do? I'm like, you know what? The tickets are bought. There's a lot for me to learn. And at the very least, who cares what's going on in my life? I'm going to go and support. Glenn and my horse radio family, because these guys are my family. So I go down there and of course, everything changes. So, you know, I realized just how much I knew about podcasting, um, being around a lot of people who were new to the the technology and the pod. I wanna, I mean, it's a new industry, really, broadcast. So I was like, all right, let's pay attention. What's What's, what's going on here? And Glenn said to me, you know, Helena, why don't you do this? no one else has done it, just do it. Th- those were the words that stuck in my head. Glenn saying, just do it. And I, I said...
0: Which I must have said how many times over that weekend to people?
1: You said it over and over and over again. And, well, it it sunk in with at least one person. So I decided to start my own show. Yep, that's what I'm doing. I'm starting my own show. And I live in one of the most beautiful places in the country, in the world, and if you love old Yankee New England charm or your history buff, then New England is just it's the most fun place to live. Newport Rhode Island happens to be just it's stunning i I mean I grew up in New York, I lived for most of my adult life in Boston you know twenty twenty two years, and now I live just south of Boston in between boston and and um well, <laughs> Florida, really. <laughs> We're on the coast here. So anyway, I'm just a stone's throw from Newport, and Buck and I go there a lot. It is a magical, wonderful place. And I thought, well, it's the second thing that I'm most passionate about, horses obviously being the first, but this adorable seaside town is my favorite. So why not start a show? And that's what I did.
0: Well, and we have a connection, Jennifer and I, to Newport, Rhode Island, which we think is one of the most beautiful places in the world, because that's where we went on our honeymoon. We honeymooned in Newport, and uh, it, for us, it was just a magical place to be. And we we had a ball. We just love it there.
1: Newport is one of the most romantic cities in the world. I honestly, it is. There are more weddings that take place here. It's a destination wedding
0: venue. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Newport's a seaside seaside village. It really, was a village at that time. <laughs> and where the rich people decided to plant their summer homes and yeah. we're, we're talking summer homes we're 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 understating that a bit
1: yeah uh, the mansions <laughs> they're called there's there's uh there are a lot of of mansions uh it was it was the summer destination for a lot of very very wealthy early American So citizens. the train
0: must have come to Newport or close to Newport at some point because is that how they would come over from New York City?
1: A lot of them would come by... They had their own steamboats. Oh,
0: so they'd, they'd take the boat over.
1: Their okay. own steamships. They would take trains, but these are super wealthy people, so... um Although, I you see, this is one of the things that we're going to learn about and, and bring up to, to our listeners is how did people actually get here? How were these mansions built? I hope built? you
0: do a lot. I hope you do a segment on every episode about the history of Newport because I think you could do that on every episode for the next 10 years and not cover it all.
1: It's true. Uh, It's true. I do hope you
0: do a history segment because I think that that is one of the most fascinating things about the town. You know, there's other things in Newport, too, that speak to me personally, other than we did our honeymoon there, um, is that the Tennis Hall of Fame is in Newport. A lot of people don't know that.
1: Which was just recently completely renovated and expanded, and it is gorgeous.
0: Oh, I got to get to see that. We haven't seen it since it's been renovated.
1: It is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I don't even play tennis, and this makes me wish I was a tennis fan.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Yeah.
1: Buck used to be a serious, very serious tennis player, um, and we're definitely going to get in there. He can. He appreciates the sport, unlike I can. So he'll drag me into tennis land at some point point.
0: and the other thing that Newport I'm here I'm helping you out because I'm so I excited know. about what you're doing it's uh, really a fun place the other thing that Newport has is the most amazing festivals they're known for their festivals and we were there several years ago we were up to visit my brother and it just happened to coincide with the Italian festival And we came over, us and 100,000 of our friends, came over for the Italian festival. And, you know, we used to have an acting company for 10 years. Well, it turned out, and this was just a highlight of my, we were just so excited, that one of the performers that we worked with, who was a professional entertainer, happened to be there working. And we had not seen him in like 10 years. Mm. And he always said to us when we were doing the shows together, he always said, I'll tell you how I'm going to retire, what my retirement is. It isn't Social Security. He said, I'm going to get a monkey, and I'm going to perform with the monkey, and the monkey is going to be my retirement. So we, sure enough, were there. Ten years later, had been totally out of touch with this guy, and there he is with a monkey. And the monkey is collecting dollars and $10 and $5 bills from people all day long because people will give money to a monkey. And he said to me, he said, I make thousands of dollars every day. I perform with this monkey. <laughs> so it's his retirement was the monkey. Because okay. if you think about it, did monkey's taking money. I was like reaching in my pocket going, here, take my money because it's so cool that it's the so monkey cute. took your dollar out of Yay. your hand.
3: And There's he, one
0: born every minute. Oh, God. I tell you what. But it worked. It was amazing. The, the, he retired with his monkey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the place. That, if you're gonna have a monkey take somebody's money, this is the place to do it because people come from all over the world to so tell us about the show. What's the show gonna be? So the What's show. What's it called? By the way, it's super cute. It's called that Newport show because you know oh, I, like I want people to remember it. That Newport show, but
0: it's part of an, a bigger network too, right?
1: It is part of, yes, I decided to create a parent organization that would welcome in other like-minded shows. So the network is called the new England podcast network. Oh, cool. And the, I don't know so where that, you got that idea. <laughs> uh, no, me either. You know, I don't know. I know. Wait till you hear my opening bumper. So <laughs> the Newport show will be a weekly podcast that shares the stories and the characters that make what I think is, is America's favorite seaside town. Um, so the people who live here absolutely love it. They're super loyal. They're a hearty bunch, too. You know, it's not just there's, there's sailboats and there's the boating industry. But this is you've got the um, United States Naval War College, which is in Newport um, there. So there's a lot of military installations that are still active well, in here. the shipyards
0: there, too, right? And the
1: shipyards, the, yeah. yep.
0: And um, the Coast Guard is right up the road. Coast oh, yeah,
1: the, the Coast Guard. Yeah. Coast Guard. Yeah, we. I see them. You know, I'm out mucking my barn, and I'll see the Coast Guard helicopter go over all the time, and I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> somebody's somebody went but where I mean, they the should. Coast Guard
0: Academy's right near there, right?
1: That's a good question. I it have is. no idea. No,
0: the Coast Guard Academy's right near there.
3: I,
1: w- listen to the show, and I'll find out. Probably have somebody on <laughs> from the sh- from. I'm telling you, you're
0: gonna have endless
1: content. There is I really there. Well, next week. So this week we have um, the uh, the marketing person from. Discover Newport, which is the PR organization for the entire city. And she was talking about Newport Restaurant Week, which is, I I thought it was cool, but after talking to her, it's amazing to go to a restaurant. I'll just give you a quick, the the quick and dirty. Um, Okay, so Newport Restaurant Week is like 10 days of all the restaurants, most of the restaurants in Newport participate. And you can go there and get a $35 dinner for a three-course meal. Uh, we Buck and I can spend 100 hundred, hundred twenty five $125 easy on a meal like that. So this is a really good price point.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do have some nice restaurants in that town.
1: And there's over 50, 50 participating restaurants. So you can go, you can get seafood, you can get steak, you can get duck, you can get pretty much anything you can think of. And the quality of these restaurants is just nutty. It's really good. So anyway, that's that's this episode, and then next week we have Newport Polo. I had to get horses in there.
0: Are you going we're, to polo? Yeah.
1: When it? When oh it no no! no you're having
0: them on the show. We're having
1: <laughs> we're it. having Team USA's captain on the show.
0: Wow. We're getting
1: the captain. How so you exciting. know how
0: to get the ratings up right away? Have hot polo players on
1: totally hot polo players. And if you ever come to Newport, first of all, if you're listening to the show and you're going to, you want to come to Newport, send me an email because I will hook you up for, first of all, we have a guest house. (laughs) So there's, you know, there's rooms, but we will hook you up with all the great things to do, but definitely go to polo. It is so much fun and bring something fancy to wear.
0: You know, we've never but we we went to polo with you a couple times, but never in Newport. That must be something. Can you tailgate? And do you have to have a Maserati to tailgate? You
1: do not have to have a Maserati. It's great for all ages. It's very family friendly. Their tailgating space is beautiful. There's thousands of people that come to a match. This we're not talking hundreds. There's thousands, and. They have grandstands, you know, so you can reserve spot in the grandstand. You can have a table. They have like the high top tables so you can, you know, have cocktails. They have a bar. They have food trucks. You can bring your own, which is what we do. We put out a blanket and then we bring our chairs and we put out a table and we always put flowers on it. The tablecloth. Of course, we're drinking beer and chips, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Some people have like they've been bridal what do you call it? Bachelorette parties. You know, the girls all go. And, um, and then at the, I always forget, I always want to call it halftime. It is halftime. It's in between the chuckers. You go and you stomp the divots. You, you, you place the divots and everybody brings their dogs out there, which is really fun and very cute. And you get to like people watch and see what everyone's wearing. And then it's back to business. It's very much a polo match and it's good. It's very, um, exciting to watch.
0: Very cool. Well, when, and where can people find the show? It's not on iTunes yet. It's going to be coming up, right?
1: It's going to be coming on okay. iTunes soon. Right now, you have to log on to thatnewportshow.com and you'll be able to stream the, uh, the episodes.
0: Thatnewportshow.com. Well, congratulations, buddy.
1: Well, thank you very Good much. Good job.
0: Good job. I'm, I'm excited to listen to it.
1: Well, you know, thank you for inspiring me and supporting me.
0: No problem. I think that, uh, I, you know, I really think that local is where podcasting is going. I think that there's going to be more, I think if you're trying to make some money doing it, I think local is going to be where it's at. And, you know, I, and there are local radio stations, obviously, that cover local areas, but you still can't get them on demand. So that's why I think that local podcasts like that Newport show is going to be so important in the future for the for the industry as well as just, you know, fun to listen to.
1: It's well, it's gonna be me and Buck and we're fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'm glad yes. Buck's doing it too. I really like Buck. So.
1: Oh, he's all in yeah. too. Yeah, he's, he
0: is. He's like super he's as excited as you are, which I think is so cute and so much Well, he fun. came
1: along just as a support. You know, Grace I said, Come down to Florida, you know, it's a it's a business trip, but she deserves to, you know, take a couple of days off of school. And Buck's always like, Whatever you're doing, I'll support you. And he was equally inspired by what took place at Podfest. And he got so. to see a
0: little bit of it. Uh he did he
1: just enough to get a taste and now he's it's nonstop podcast research for him
0: which I <laughs> well love. that's great i'm so excited for you guys good thank job you. Good thank job. you well we are uh, heading off uh next week uh I am heading to Lexington, Kentucky with Mary Kitz Miller, And we are going to be doing live coverage of Road to the Horse for all three days. It's the premier Colt starting competition in the world, March 18th through the 20th. Uh, competing this year Clinton Anderson, Nick Dowers, and Richard Winters. We're going to be doing 90 minutes of shows on Friday and Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. And then on Sunday, we're going to be doing the first... And the only free live play-by-play of the four hours of the finals on Sunday where they crown the champion and they have to do this obstacle course after only having their horses trained for a couple of hours. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And Mary Kitzmiller and I, who, she actually competed there twice. So she's going to be helping with the commentary. We're going to have lots of great guests for you. But you can find all of that at horsesinthemorning.com. And you can click on the Listen Live button. All the hours will be there, and we'll be putting it out as a podcast immediately after on iTunes or on our app. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store, and it'll be the Horses in the Morning Show is where that'll be out. This uh, exclusive online radio coverage is brought to you with the support of Horselovers.com, Cashel Products, A Little Pet Bet, Horseware and Clarion Hotel Lexington. So thank you to all of them for providing their support for this show. And we're doing a meetup, Helena. Anybody in the Lexington area? It doesn't even matter if you're coming to Road to the Horse. We're having a meet Le- Le- Lexington meetup for listeners and friends. Uh, Feb- Friday the 18th, that's next Friday night, at 7 p.m. at Cortland's Country Kitchen at the Clarion uh, Hotel in Lexington. So just look up clarionhotellex.com, and we're going to be at the Cortland's Country Kitchen, and hopefully we'll get 10, 20, 30 people there, and we can all just have a meetup and have some fun that night. So even if you're not going to Road to the Horse, but you live in the area and you want to come out and see Mary Kitzmiller and I, stop on over. We'd love to see you. Awesome.
1: We have one of my favorite guests coming up, Rachel Pellison of Healing the Hungry Soul. She is our featured guest, and she's going to talk about health and wellness. It can apply to your entire life, but of course, if you are an equestrian, it's especially helpful because you do need to be healthy and fit as you uh, as you hold on, as you grab mane and go, as I like to say. So let's welcome Rachel back. Welcome back to Rachel Pellison of Healing the Hungry Soul. You're going to talk to us about something... Delicious and guilt free again, right?
4: Absolutely, always. Okay. <laughs> See, so- Glenn,
1: I need to find our feature guests more often. <laughs> They're guilt free and they How bring come us. I in. always feel
0: guilty when I'm done listening to her though.
1: I because you feel guilty when you start listening to
0: her. <laughs> that's probably that's true. true. That it's not such... me,
4: Glenn, it's you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. All right, go ahead.
4: All right. So we're gonna torture talk about me
0: again today.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I never torture you. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about clean eating today, and uh, there's a lot of different definitions of clean eating, but in general, it mostly means trying to remove toxins from the diet, which can have a whole host of health effects in the body. So generally, um, these different toxins can cause different issues. So they may affect your digestion or the health of your gastrointestinal tract, some of them disrupt hormones, um, and so that can lead to food allergies, abdominal pain, weight gain. Uh, a lot of people talk about brain fog as a side effect of consuming toxins. Now, um, so there's a whole host of issues that can arise from consuming these toxins.
1: Okay, I'm probably eating like a ton of them without knowing it.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, there. Well, there's a. There's toxins that come from the environment, from pollution. They can come from our water. They can come from food. Um, And so in general, the less processed something is, the less risk for it having added toxins in it. So essentially what I like to tell people to do is when you're reading a package of food, go through the ingredient list and don't worry about what's on the front of the package, right? It's going to come at you with low fat, gluten-free, low sugar, know this, know that. Um, but those are all kind of disguises about what's really in the food product. And so I also say, don't worry about reading the nutrition label too much. Just go right to the ingredients and look at what's in there. And if it wasn't in grandma or great grandma's cupboard when she was cooking a hundred years ago, try not to eat too much of it. Okay. That's my rule of thumb.
1: That's a really simple rule because the, every, every package, every food package has, is is 99% marketing and, you know, half of a percent even of information about what's actually inside the box. So you're saying the ingredients list is the most trustworthy text on any box.
4: Yeah, that's where the food companies have to be most transparent. I wouldn't say they're a hundred percent transparent, but they have to be most transparent there. Okay. Um, so they've got to list most ingredients. So
0: can we back um, up to grandma? Because all I heard yeah. there was that lard and bacon fat are in. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I would I, I would honestly say a small amount of those foods is not gonna be harmful. Maybe not so much lard, but the bacon, yeah, that's okay. In in reasonable Quantities.
0: Okay. Right. And if I remember right, my grandma also smoked and drank like a fish, so mm-hmm. everything's in. Everything's <laughs> in. Okay, so we we can. Eat, we so can eat it's. Large. I'm always
4: prepared for the Glenisms on here. Oh, like, okay. Going to take it to the total extreme.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so you have That didn't,
1: eat, take didn't take her long
4: at <laughs> all. No, concepts, it didn't. A right?
0: couple know episodes. That she...
4: Salad is better for you than eating a pound of bacon, right? But putting like. <laughs> Two uh, two slices of crumbled bacon on your salad is totally fine. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Okay,
1: but you know we we go shopping. I mean, I go food shopping and I go through the aisles, and I have a 13 year old who whose lunches need to be packed, right? Which means uh, invariably I have to find some food that's in a box or a plastic container or a can. You just I I can't always send her with with super fresh foods. I try, but you can't. So you got to find things that are in, in. in boxes. And um, it's very helpful to know that you, you, you know you should look at the ingredients list. Somebody once told me the fewer things on the ingredients list, the better.
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the less that's in there just means the less processed it is. And so it's closer to a whole natural food. And we want the basis, the bulk of our diet to come from whole natural foods. Um, and so like you're saying, Helena, you absolutely we're not going to completely eliminate packaged food. You'd have to spend all day cooking and gardening and doing all, which would be wonderful, but that's not reasonable for most people. So just going to that ingredients list and just looking at how processed is this food and choosing one that's less processed than another is going to be a great way to limit specific toxins from the foods. Okay, additives.
0: And actually, I joke a lot, but uh, with the diet I'm on for my Lyme disease, that's pretty much what it is. You, you, you just try and avoid anything boxed, period, um, or canned, period. You just go around the edge of the store and and eat the fresh stuff. So, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, that's pretty much what it. What my diet is now one of the arguments that people have for that, and there's there's no way around this. It is more expensive. When you eat healthy, it's more expensive, and it's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess I just kind of got used to my, my uh, grocery bill going up when we started actually eating healthy. Um, yeah.
4: yeah. You know, and it is a little more expensive, but if you buy uh, seasonal foods, and then you don't have to get too crazy with it. You know, you don't have to buy everything organic. Um, there's certain foods that are better to buy organic because they tend to have more pesticide residues, and then there's certain foods that you don't have to buy organic. So anything with a peel or a skin, like a banana, an orange, an avocado, those you don't have to buy organic because you're removing the whole outside that was exposed to pesticides. Okay. Um, but foods more like an apple, celery, berries, though, that spoil easily, those are more likely to be exposed to more pesticides. Um, so those are the ones you want to buy organic. Um, and if you're looking for a list of those foods, you can go to EWG org that's environmental working group and they provide a nice list of foods that you don't have to buy organic and foods that you should try to buy organic
1: awesome
4: that's a nice way to balance the budget a little bit too
1: Mm ewg.org awesome
4: yeah that's one of my favorite go-to websites for clean eating clean living the whole thing
1: Okay, so clean, so clean eating. So we're, we're talking about clean shopping. We're reading ingredients lists. What's the next step that we can take towards eating clean?
4: Um, good question. I would say just uh, limiting your exposure to as many toxic compounds as possible. So after eating comes our body care products. Um, so also from Environmental Working Group, that's ewg.org, they have um, a great app. They just changed the name. I believe it's called Healthy Lifestyle now. If you Google EWG, you'll find it. Um, and so you can look at the ratings of your body care products. So that would be makeup, um, body wash, shampoo, shaving cream, all those things, because those have can have a lot of toxins in them as well. Um, I'm afraid to look,
1: I'm afraid to look, honestly, you know, there was a, um, Johnson and Johnson just had to pay up big time for a woman who died of ovarian cancer because she used their talcum powder for close to 30 years and 35 years. So I'm, I'm afraid really to, to look at this list.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty scary. The last, uh, legislation was in 1938. Um, regulating chemicals and body care products. So they yeah. those companies can essentially put almost anything they want in there. There's only about, um, in Europe, they have 1,300 chemicals that are banned. And of those 1,300, only 10 are illegal in the U.S. Okay. So, yeah, it's scary. It's you pretty know, scary.
0: <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, uh, Tigger over on Healthy Critters Radio, this latest episode, did. Uh, she always does a thing because – her shows a lot about the health of animals and dogs and cats and horses. But she took a look at equine shampoos. Mm-hmm. And she went down and actually explained each ingredient on an equine shampoo. And when she was done, I was ready to just throw them all out. <laughs> it, yeah. was just, it was like, oh, my God. When she took a look at each ingredient and then reviewed what each ingredient was and the alternate things that those ingredients are used for... It's
1: like, holy crap. I know, like (laughs) scrubbing the undercarriage of your truck clean. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing that I, I find fascinating or very helpful is we, a lot of us tend to focus very closely on what we're putting in our horse's bodies, and that can be from their supplements to joint injections to the hay, to their grain, whatever we give them, because their performance depends very much on what goes in their mouth and their mouths, and you know, we do tend to forget it's, it's sort of a joke in the horse world. We, we tend to take better care of our horses than we do ourselves, but it, it might be a good way of thinking, making that leap from what am I, uh, what am I feeding my horse and what am I putting on him and in him so that I get the optimal performance out of him. And then can I apply that same principle to myself?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You right? know, and Du-Lan, you brought up sort of the increased expense of eating healthy, but you know, if it adds 10, 15, 20 years to your life, or if you don't have to go through uh, cancer and chemotherapy, then you might as well spend the money up front and not have to, you know, pay for it later in prescriptions and doctor's visits and things. Isn't that's that true? And, and that's,
0: isn't that so true of everything yeah. in life? If you buy the little more expensive one, it's probably going to last you three times longer. Yeah, yeah. You,
4: you get what you pay for all right. the time. So Does that I mean guess I can you go get, get you some Prada in, shoes? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So in this case, you get the time you pay for in the quality of food you eat.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, your energy will be better. So if you eat better, you'll feel better, you'll be more energetic, you'll be more productive, you sleep better. I mean, the benefits are just innumerable.
1: Glenn and I would like to sleep past 5 a.m.
4: Yeah, think. exactly.
0: We can, we've never accomplished that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I want to wake up at 5 a.m., so we can do some sort of trade-off.
0: <laughs> we'll trade you. But then, again, we don't stay up probably as late as you do either. So, uh, But, you know, it is what it is. got a lot of work done at 5 a.m. You,
1: yeah. You, yeah, there's a lot that that gets done. And but so you know what you're missing, better.
0: though. Talk about health, and and Helene and I have been this way forever. I mean, we just have both been early risers. Sometimes 4 a.m. We're chatting it on Facebook. But the problem is when we get up like that, and I, I think I'm speaking for you too, Helene, is we go to work right away. Yeah. And that I, you know, and I've always done that, but lately I've been saying, I wonder. How I'd feel if I just didn't go to work for two hours. You know, I get a lot done in that two hours, and then I just have to work later in the day if I didn't work those two hours. But I always, I'm thinking, would I be healthier if I just relaxed and did something else? Or, you know, you can't really go out and do much outside at 4 a.m., but, uh, you know, if you just did something that didn't require instant brain power. Yeah. Mm, You know?
4: for you guys, the waking up at 5 a.m. is not like, a, ah, I feel refreshed and excited. You're like, oh, I got to get to work.
0: Well, I just always, if I, no, I think, no, I don't think it is that way for either one of us. I think it's more like, well, we're up, we might as well go to work.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. I, exactly. I think that's a
0: that's a big difference is I'm up, either I waste time, what are you going to do at that hour? You, cannot get, you can't wake everybody else up, so you're not doing the dishes, you know, anything major. You're going to sit and watch TV probably, right? Um, that's true. You know, so I think well, I might as well do something productive. Yet maybe the unproductive thing is better for your head. I don't know. See that I don't know. Yeah.
3: Well,
1: yeah, it's it's part of like making this if you're eating clean and you're living clean, you know, it's um it's a it's a closed system. You know, what you put in and then what you do with it depends on no, what comes out depends on what you put in and what you do with it. Now so, the product
0: productivity people, the super you know business guys, you know that I've seen in seminars for the last thirty years, would tell you you got to go to work right away because you're wasting time. You know, uh, if you're sitting there watching TV, you're not accomplishing anything towards your goals in life. But I got to tell you, the older I get, the more I think, and I've always been that way. But the older I get, the more I think maybe that downtime is is really more important than everybody gives it credit for. Oh.
4: Uh, uh, I I agree. You definitely I'll tell you. need the time to relax, de-stress, and not have to be doing something. That's very much part of our culture is that we have to be busy, 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 go, 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 accomplish, check off your list. you know, And that's not necessarily the way our bodies want to run.
0: Mm. All right. Well, that's a topic for a different day.
1: <laughs> I know. We can go on and on and on and on. Okay. So the takeaways for today. So clean, clean eating. Yep. So you're gonna go
4: ignore the front of the package, ignore the nutrition label, go right to the ingredient list, and just scan through and try to avoid any ingredients that you don't recognize that grandma didn't, great grandma didn't cook with. Um, and shop the perimeter of the grocery store, so you're avoiding all that pack as much packaged food as you can from the middle. And then thirdly, think about cleaning up your products for personal care and. Um, great resources on all three of those steps can be found at EWG, which is dot org, which is Environmental Working Group.
0: Excellent. One note: I found a grocery store locally that has the ice cream on the outer aisle. Just saying.
1: Ice cream. You I haven't had
0: ice
1: cream in ages. That's your grocery store. I want ice cream for this coming from, yeah, this coming from a man and his wife who like to have uh, dessert as an appetizer. appetizer.
0: Yeah, that's right. Life's <laughs> short. You may not make it to
2: dessert. <laughs> See you, Rachel. All
1: right. Thanks, guys. Thanks,
2: Rachel. Bye. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products where funny names mean serious products featuring. Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in Sugar Free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored, filled Boredom Buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors. Apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again... Welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products where funny names mean serious products and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed.
0: And now our listener interview is with Carrie Whaley of Whaley Farms.
3: It is the year
0: of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop listener of the week. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So good to have you on board. And I got to tell you, we're going to go way, way back in the time machine to talk about something that I bet 99% of the listeners of this show have no idea about, not even the auditors. And that is that Helena and I did a show with Bit of Britain, with John Nunn at Bit of Britain, called The Talking Equine Show back in 2007, before Horse Radio Network was ever even dreamed of. And you are the only one we know that ever listened to it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I, I I believe I was on iTunes and, and just typed in horse and to try to find any podcast, any anything to listen she, to. And I came. She across jumped you guys. the ditch. She jumped
1: across the ditch, <laughs> yes. came over to Horse Radio Network.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I got to tell you, back in those days, we— tr- I mean, when we started Horse Radio Network, we didn't know what we were doing. But that, that year and a half, two years from the time of talking equine to Horse Radio Network, technology had actually improved a ton since then in, that, in just that two years. So it made it easier when we went on Horse Radio Network. When we did talking equine, we truly had no idea what we were doing.
5: Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's talking about horses and horse people. It doesn't matter. As long as you're talking about something relevant, they'll listen.
0: Well, that I, is so true. The, Good point. The, <laughs> there's a story that goes with that. And, I, 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 you know, we've told this story on occasion before, but there's new listeners. And you probably know this story, is that our first guest on the first show of Talking Equine, which would be the first podcast I ever did. And Helena, I don't think you were even on in that. I think it was John. Um The first guest on the first one, we thought, let's go big and get David O'Connor, president of the United States Equestrian Federation. So we get David, our first one, first recording, figure out how to do it and everything. I get done. And about an hour later, I go to edit it and discover that I had never pressed the record button. It didn't record. (laughs) So we had to call David back and say, David, you know that hour you just spent with us, you were so kind to give us, we need to do that again. (laughs) And he did it. I was shocked he did it. John was so pissed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was really nice. Well, John's pissed at everything.
0: <laughs> that was just. If we're gonna, if he's gonna be pissed, you might as well give him something really good to be pissed about. <laughs> that was he should have been pissed about that. But that was
5: at least David was a good sport about it. He David was, was a good very, sport. He was a great
0: sport about it. About it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have to come back. I would have told me to go pound sand. I was like, no, he was wonderful. here. We want you to come to the show with no listeners and nobody has any idea what it is or even how to listen, except apparently for Carrie. And oh hey, yeah. So, Well, thank you so much for being one of our very first listeners.
5: Sure. Well, thanks for entertaining me while I'm riding and cleaning stalls and driving all over the place to competitions and that sort of thing.
0: Now, did you come into Horse Radio Network, the second incarnation, did you come into that with the Stable Scoop Show, or was it later in time?
5: No, it was a Stable Scoop Show. Um, I don't recall how. I must have just been looking for more to listen to because just to find something to fill. 14 hours a day is, um, you know, kind of a project. So I'm sure I just went back to iTunes and just searched horse again and you guys came up again.
0: And did you listen to, this is another show that not too many people are going to wear or know about in the 2010 radio show. Uh,
5: Yeah. The the 2010, um, you had a jumping show. Yep. I listened to and the Equestrian legend show.
0: Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, 2010 the was for, for the Wag in 2010, and then we got to cover the WEG all 16 days of it, so that was kind of cool. Uh,
5: yeah, because I went down there for that.
0: Yes, that's right. Yep, we took that down after we, we you know, it was over pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a fun show to do too. Well, let's talk about you. You are a trainer and a coach and all that kind of stuff. Tell us what you do.
5: I have a, a facility up in upstate New York. My husband and I have 400 acres and we own a boarding facility.
0: I had wow. 100 acres. That was a lot. 400s a lot.
5: Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work. But my husband is an engineer, and he can do anything. He can fix anything. He can build anything. And um, I I genuinely could not do it without him. It's just you have to hire 10 people to replace everything that he's capable of doing.
0: All right, let's give a round of applause to the horse husband. What's his name? <laughs> Justin. Justin, good job, Justin. Now, did Justin marry into this, or was he? Did he have? Was he horsey before? Did
5: he have a clue? Yeah, did he have an idea? <laughs> he he did. He did. His father was a vet, and his mother was a rider, or still is a rider. And they had their own foxhound pack on uh, Hopper Hills Hunt. So and they were recognized as MSHA, and, and did you know Justin did Pony Club, and he, uh, invented through training level, and he drove at Walnut Hill. Yes, he was very aware of what he was getting into. Wow. Wow. What a
1: perfect guy to marry. Yeah. Nice job, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys meet doing something horsey or did you meet like coincidentally somewhere else?
5: Private school. Um, His, his, I, I knew
2: he and his younger
5: brother through school. um, And then I actually ended up doing an internship. With his father, we were allowed to do the second semester of our senior year. We were allowed to sort of go and pursue something that we were interested in. So I rode around with his father for the last semester of my senior year and then got really into the hounds and learning names and learning voices and started to learn the land and started to whip in for his father and get very involved in the hunt. Um, And I I was good friends with his little brother. He was off at college and then he started to come back around more and the rest of history, I guess.
0: Now, you say here that they, your in-laws live on the grounds of the Stewart Horse Trials in New York?
5: Yeah, so there's a, there's a, a neighborhood there, and there's, um, I think, six landowners, and they are uh, one of the farms that is a landowner for the Stewart Horse Trials. So my father-in-law is quite involved with, um, but he's in charge of ground. Wow. So he does all the mowing and all the maintenance and all of that.
0: You this is truly from your side and his a a horsey family wow, that's yeah, very much so, and you know your so your husband actually did pony club, so he was one of the very few that figured out you could meet a lot of women and girls in pony club,
5: yes, he's a smart man. <laughs>
0: that's funny (laughs) yes he did (laughs) and we're not talking about that uh so so you fox hunt
5: I do. yeah so i i I had never been introduced to hunting before and then when i started to do that internship with his father and like i said you know just started to go I'm i'm a i'm a horse person i'm a dog person i'm a i'm an animal person so i would start to go down to the kennels and start to play with all the hounds and started to learn hound names and um, obviously, I already rode, so why not start to learn the land and start to learn, you know, what what's involved in whipping in? So I really enjoyed doing that. And, and as I graduated from high school and graduated from college and got busier and busier and opened my own facility and that sort of thing, unfortunately, we sort of had to give up the hunt. Um, it just land issues are a huge problem for everybody. So that became more and more of an issue when it just became. More of a problem to get there and to help his father with hounds and that sort of thing because we live about half an hour away from that. So, in order to run over there every day to walk hounds, it just got to be too much. So, um, we disbanded at that point and and gave most of our hounds to the Genesee Valley Hunt. So, Justin and I still hunt there occasionally, but we're certainly not as as involved as we were with uh, his dad's hunt.
1: So, what keeps you, what takes up most of your days? With horses now
5: just riding and training i'm down in aiken right now um down here for three months i've got 14 horses here right now 12 of whom i ride every day um i'm Twelve? down here by myself yeah
0: <laughs> you just what, wait hold the yeah, back it up <laughs> I knew girl, you it up, girl. <laughs>
1: you're in aiken so obviously you're you're in eventing and yes. you have twelve horses that you ride every day, and I'm sure they're at various stages of athletic conditioning and, you know, competitive knowledge. Um, what kind of help do you have? Please tell me you have help. I don't.
5: I, I don't have any. You help. do this all I, yourself. It myself. Yeah, I, I'm 14 here right now, so you know, I go out with my little wheelbarrow in the morning and feed and hay everybody, and then start to get on horses. And, um, I have owners that are with me the whole time I'm down here. And then I have people who come down, send the horses with me and come down and visit for the weekend or come down and spend a couple of weeks and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a workaholic and I don't mind doing it. I, you know, as I, as I always say, it keeps me off the street. So,
0: And in very good shape (laughs) mentally and physically
1: you, you must have, I I get this. I I totally understand that when you enjoy doing it and you have a lot of energy and you appreciate work, you enjoy working. It's really not that much of a problem. However, you must have a routine. I'm I'm guessing that you have a very specific way that you do things and you do them fairly regularly. Give us, give us a breakdown of what, what, what time do you get up and then how does your day go? I find this fascinating. (laughs)
5: I usually feed at about 7, which actually, um, you know, it's hard down here. So when I I come down in January, it's barely light at 7. And with as many horses as I have, I end up riding literally through dark. So when I get here, it's usually dark by about 6. So I have a couple of horses that I know very well I've had for a long time and I trust, and I will actually ride horses in the dark. So. Once I feed in the morning, you know, that's getting longer and longer now. Now I can ride. It's not dark until 7 p.m. So I've gained another hour, and then this Sunday I'll gain another hour. So I I, I get up, I feed, I make feed for the next night and the next morning, and then I start riding. I I have to start riding pretty early or I can't get everybody done. So I just kind of dive in and I'm, I'm just a little bit too ADD to sit on the couch or sit around too much and uh, I just keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's
1: better if you do have all of the responsibilities just for yourself because um, then, you know, sometimes when you – unfortunately, when you share the load, you – you're at the mercy of how, how quickly or how efficiently somebody else does things and it, it can slow you down. So there's that to well, be said. Well, I
5: mean, a lot of the details that way. I think, you know, I go out in the morning and if somebody kind of looks funny, if, if one of the warm blood doesn't look at their breakfast twice, that's yep. a big deal, you know, yep. or geez, I filled that water top yesterday and there's not even a tiny bit missing or, you know, some sort of something that's weird or a cut, something that's subtle that somebody else might notice. Or, or sorry, might not notice, you know, that's a big deal. So it, it's interesting to me, a lot of times I've, you know, I've gone to try horses or that sort of thing and said to the professional, hey, what does this horse eat? And they sort of look at you like a deer in a headlight. I know what all my horses eat. I make their feed. I know their supplements. I know when they're due for their shoes. I know when they're due for their warming. I know when they're due for the chiropractor. I, I know these horses inside and out. And I, I treat all of my clients' horses like they're my own. And, and my clients know that. And I just don't see any other way to do it. I don't mind having help occasionally, but again, I don't want to miss those details. Those details are really important. If you can get ahead of a college, it's a big deal.
1: It's a very big deal.
3: Well, I I want to
0: go over here. We, we sent out a little questionnaire. Uh, There's two things that jumped out at me at the questionnaire we sent out to you. And the first, and I want to read this because it's so funny. Uh, (laughs) This is how we knew we were going to have a good time today. Hmm. Uh, Occupation, trainer, Uh coach, farm manager, farm owner. Duties include, but not limited to, psychologist, cleaning lady, mechanic, (laughs) veterinarian, farrier, chef, referee, and financial advisor. So that I thought was funny at the very least. Right. (laughs) And then when I read, you know, when you've put down what you've done, evented through intermediate dressage through, uh, through pre St. George novice timber racing, we're going to come back to that (laughs) point to point jumpers, Hunter Derby preliminary CDE. We're going to come back to that driving (laughs) shows and hunters and Penn national and Washington international and on and on. So, First yeah. of all, when do you even have time to compete? You're riding freaking 12 horses a day and don't have what any When do help. you eat? Yeah, I mean, that's
5: I like, want to know. Oh, I eat constantly. I eat constantly. <laughs> there, are, there are always peanut M&Ms within, you know, a three foot radius of me. My clients are very, very good to me and feed me often. Bring me treats. Bring me candy. One of my clients made me a smart pack drawer and it said on it, didn't carry smart packs, you know, Diet <laughs> Coke. That's, that's a
0: M&Ms,
1: great idea. Smart packs Victoria.
5: for trainers. Yeah, they that's a
0: them. good yeah. idea. Yes.
5: <laughs> So I thought that was super cute. Um We need you know, wait a minute,
0: guys. The three of us, we could do smart packs for people. <sighs> I think you I call, call it <laughs> Does that Sorry. count anymore if I call it? Um so now let me ask you about so that's
1: not like shotgun. You can't do shotgun like <laughs> business
0: ideas. <laughs> Novice timber racing. What what the heck is timber racing? I don't think we've ever talked about it.
5: Well, it's people chasing. So we have so the Genesee Valley Hunt runs the Genesee Valley uh, hunt race meet every year in October, and they run a novice timber, and they also have a fox hunter's timber. So I've done both of those. That's, that's pretty wild. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I, I, and I also, unfortunately, am old enough to have done the long format three days too. So nothing can quite prepare you for steeplechase on a long format three day other than going out and running a steeplechase.
0: Right. Well that makes sense. And mm. then you're also a driver. You're a woman after my own heart.
5: <laughs> yeah, so I had I treated um I, I had a client that came to me and she had a two year old warm blood and she said, Will you break the warm blood? I said, Sure. So I was in the process of breaking the warm blood and, and she came to watch him one day and just sort of said in passing, You know, my kids are grown, they've done pony club, they've done games and we have this pony. And she said, And I need to get rid of the pony if you know anybody who needs a pony and My sister happened to be pregnant with her first kid at the time. And I sort of was thinking, Hmm, every kid should have a pony. And I (laughs) asked a little bit more about the pony. And she said, well, we think he drives. We've never driven him. He came with a cart and a harness. And I'm like, okay, I will trade you breaking the two year old warm blood for the driving pony. All right, fine. Done deal. So, um, in all of my infinite wisdom, what do I decide to do? I decide to hook the pony up who hasn't been hooked up in who knows how long. All of that was fine. (laughs) And then I decided my first show, my first pleasure driving competition, should be Walnut Hill because uh, you know when you start eventing, you should go directly to Rolex. So I
0: know, by the I, way, for all the non-drivers, Walnut Hill is like the Rolex of pleasure driving shows. So yeah, yeah.
5: it's the largest pleasure driving. It's competition starting at in the, the world. top. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my husband has worked at Walnut Hill and been on the ring crew since he was. Oh, a little kid. Yeah. I think he started doing garbage when he was like 10 there and then got promoted to ring crew. So (laughs) uh, again, I just sort of said, okay, well, I have a little bird in hand flyer and I have a little half winner and I have a driving essentials, essential, whatever pleasure harness. And off I went to Walnut Hill. He, he about had a heart attack. I was just smiling and giggling. I mean, I knew that I was a Volkswagen at a Ferrari show, but I didn't really care It was just kind of cool to be there. It was fun to do the marathon, to do the cross country. And um, I did the pony for, geez, I think I did the pony for six years there. I did, I just did Walnut Hill. And then the Genesee Valley Riding and Driving Club has a little show. So I just did those two shows. Uh, And then I sort of said in passing to my driving trainer. Gee, if you come across another pony, I'd really like to get into the CEs and that sort of thing. And so he appeared on my doorstep with a two-year-old Dutch harness horse said cold and i said no no what part of pony did you not understand and long story short i ended up buying him and started him doing the CDEs with him and did walnut hill with him and he was reserve champion single horse two years in a row he Ooh. he was he yeah he he won he was a pretty he was a pretty cool horse he lives in bermuda now but um so, well, that's yeah, not I, bad either. Yeah. <laughs> no, not for him. No, not at all. But, yeah, just, again, we're, we're involved, you know, we're involved with your horse child and involved with the Genesee Valley Hunt and the Race Me and the horse child there. And with Walnut Hill, all of those are sort of in our area. And we volunteer for all of them and just, you know, just, my, I, I'm there anyway. I was working the front gate. I've been working the front gate at Walnut Hill for 15 years. I thought, eh, what if this does it make if I. Drive with money in a couple well,
0: of classes. So, I, I, congratulations! I'm so excited. You know, I, people don't realize how much fun driving can be. You know, we keep telling them. Wendy and I are over beating our drum, right? Mm. Over in the driving radio show, saying this. You know, yeah. keep, riders look at driving and go, "Ah, oh, that's you know, that's for that's for old slow people like me." Oh and, no, no,
5: the drivers are not. No, you, you've got to get into CDEs. I don't know if you if you have have dabbled. I know you haven't with scooter, but clearly he likes water. You should. Start to dabble in the sea uh, you know, and, and he, prob-
0: he, w- he would love that. I would love to do endur- endurance driving too, um, yeah, that's something I would love to take up, but w- before we run out of time, we could talk to you all day because you've had such a fascinating life um, what's th- uh, What's the most adventurous place you've ever ridden a horse?
5: you know, I, I was trying to think about that, and I was kind of racking my brain, and I thought, geez, you know I haven't really ridden anywhere terribly long. We went to the beach a couple of weeks ago, and then I thought, oh. One year when I was getting ready for Bromont, again, uh, my horse is in Geneseo. So there's a historical aircraft group has the war plane museum down there and they have these huge bombers and all kinds of neat stuff. And uh, there's a grass um, landing strip there. So I used to go down there and, and do my gallops for, again, we were getting ready for Bromont that particular day. and and used the runway because it was perfect footing. It was straight. It was flat. It was great. And I'm out there with my headphones on, and I'm doing my gallop set, getting ready for Bromon. I'm going to be best conditioned horse, and, you know, i am I'm got my watch on, and I'm not paying attention to anything except my music and my horse, and I'm kind can- of cantering. And and I sort of look up, and there's a plane, and I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. I don't know what that guy's doing. And, you know, kept doing my thing, and then he circled around again, and I thought, huh. Oh, well, I guess I am at an airport, and thought, oh, he really wants to land, and I'm in his way. And he's going, "What the hell is that person doing come there on a horse for my runway?" So that was probably the oddest thing. You're
0: I've lucky ever, didn't run your ass, ass over.
2: <laughs>
5: I know, and it was. He, I think he sort of was getting there by the time I figured out what he wanted. I think he was kind of like, "Well, here I come. She better sort it out." I'm running out of gas. Bubble. I'm coming down. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: That's funny. <laughs> Did you ever talk to the guy? By just curious. No, no, I didn't know if I was going to be in trouble.
5: <laughs> so I think, um, I think he landed and we hauled ass. I mean, we were we were allowed to be there, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know who that. was it was a little private plane. It wasn't obviously it wasn't one of the huge bombers, or I probably would have noticed him earlier. Your horse but, certainly no, would have.
0: Your horse certainly would have. All right, we have to go, yeah. Helena. Are you ready? I am ready. It is time for the rapid fire questions segment of the interview.
1: All right. Okay, go. All right, Carrie. What's your favorite food? Uh, wait, you answered any- that already. Peanut, yeah, M&Ms? peanut M&M's? Anything
5: with sugar in it. <laughs> Anything with sugar in it. Okay.
1: What is your least favorite food?
5: Anything with liver in it, like chicken livers, any sort of... My father loves chicken livers, and I just can't Ugh, stand it. I them. just shivered
1: on yeah, that me too. Uh, I don't care Yeah, me too. I'm one. with you. Yeah. What's your biggest equestrian
5: pet peeve? People whose pack doesn't fit. Oh, we don't need a saddle fitter. Oh, this bit will be fine. Oh, it doesn't matter that his black nose band is cutting off his breathing because I don't have it adjusted correctly.
3: I love you,
0: Carrie. (laughs) I can tell you've been training for a long time. Yeah.
5: (laughs) You've been around a
1: couple of blocks. That's funny. Okay. Um, Do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian?
5: I think you have to go with George. I mean, even though I'm not a hunter rider, I, I bought the, the, after hearing it from you guys, I, I bought the Talking George doll and, and he lives in our barn and um, one of my girls carries him around quite a bit and is always pulling a string and you just gotta love what comes out of his mouth.
1: <laughs> I, you can't argue with that. He's he's quite, yeah. he's both a professional and a celebrity. best, best
5: exercise yeah. you can do for riding and your horse is push
0: away from the table. Put down your fork. One more, I can't resist. One more. What is my advice for your daughter? The best (laughs) thing you can do for your daughter's riding career
1: is have her take tennis lessons. Oh, boy.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love George. Gotta love love George. (laughs) George.
1: All right. What career, other than one with horses that you have now, would you like to try? Well,
5: I a degree in legal studies and environmental policy, which was supposed to send me to uh, law school for environmental law, which um, obviously didn't get me very far because I went and started cleaning salt um, instead of going to law school. So I-, I think that would be interesting work, fun to do, keep me active. I've, I'll argue with anybody, so why not?
1: Hmm. Girl after my own heart. <laughs> what if? What would you do? If you won a million dollars and you had to take it and use it for a vacation, where would you go?
5: I'm not a very good vacationer because I don't sit still very well. So I think I'd have to jump on a plane and go over to Europe and start looking for horses.
3: Of course you would. Of course you would. (laughs)
1: Of
5: course you would. Seems like the logical thing to do.
1: Describe yourself with just three words.
5: Oh, I can only think of three words that I probably shouldn't say on the radio. Um <laughs> I I, oh geez, I don't know. I I think you I guess hard working, um loyal.
0: Hardworking and loyal, that's three. And I think that's a pretty good description, actually. From from what little we know about you, I think you've stuck with us for eight years. That makes you really loyal.
1: Yeah, right? And And (laughs) hardworking. Sometimes you got to work to listen to this show. (laughs) Yeah. What is the most terrifying thing you've ever done? Doesn't necessarily have to be with horses. What's the most terrifying thing you've ever done? And would you do it again?
5: Well, I don't think this is exactly what you had in mind when you asked the question, but um, I thought about that long and hard, too. And the most terrifying thing I've ever done was be admitted to the hospital for a pulmonary embolism.
3: Oh, wow. jeez. Oh,
5: That's that terrifying. That was related to a horse. So, um, and no, I would not like to do that again.
3: No,
0: I can understand that. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> God. Oh, you poor thing. Well, you survived. We're glad you did.
5: Yeah, yeah. And I, I landed in the ditch at the Stewart horse trials during one of the, the Stewart clinics. and. Um, whacked my leg and proceeded to ride the next horse, and actually went almost a week before they figured out why I was having trouble breathing. And so, yeah, that mm. was kind of a big old mess, but.
1: <sighs> All right. Well, we're glad you're okay now. <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. Ta, ta, ba, ba, ba. If you could have a superhero, ha, if you could talk, unlike your host today, <laughs> if you could have just one superhero power, what would it be?
5: I think mine's pretty lame, but it would be to not have to sleep. I just, I, you know, sleep sleep just seems like such a waste of time to me. Everybody needs more hours in the day to get more stuff done. I would just, if I didn't have to constantly sleep, then you could get more stuff done. I told you
0: we'd like this. I told you we'd like Carrie Helena.
1: (laughs) Yes, a pattern is emerging (laughs) here and it's full of energy and bright light (laughs) and lots of hard work. Um, If your horse, pick a horse, any horse, that you would like to speak with, and your horse could answer you back. What question would you ask him or her?
5: Well, my off the track thoroughbred has done intermediate level eventing, FEI pre Saint George dressage. I, I decided last year to hook him up. He did two CDEs last year. Um, he's done side saddle. He's fox hunted. He's done everything that I've needed him to do because I own him. So if I want to try something, he has to do it. It's as simple as that. So I think I would ask him. Of all the things that we have tried, which is his favorite? And, you know, would he like to pursue that more? Would he like to try different stuff? We haven't cut cows or done barrel racing. You know, I, I just, I'd be really curious to to have him say, I really enjoyed whatever. And, and, you know, sort of run with that. Right.
1: What a nice question.
0: Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Carrie, do you have a website for the farm?
5: Um, I do. Uh Whaley farms, W-E-H-L-E, farms, plural, dot com. My Facebook page is way more up to date than my, my website. Needless to say, I'm not very good and patient about sitting down and updating my
0: website. When do you have time? I mean, jeez. So Whaley Farms yeah. on Facebook, too?
5: Whaley Farms on Facebook, yes. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. Thank you, Carrie.
5: Thanks, Carrie. Thank you very much. Take care.
0: Dr. Rose's remedies, Skin Treatment Solve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT scooters, delicate white pasterns, free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier, or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com.
1: This tack and Habits segment is sponsored by Sparkle & Boom. For all your online marketing needs, visit us at sparkleandboom.com.
0: And this week, you picked the product, right?
1: Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it, and I picked the product, and now I want to buy the product. Of course you do. It's the Equine Couture Redwood Polo. And, you know, I've been looking for, just keeping my eyes out for polo shirts that are cute because you know, I have to be cute, even if I'm dirty, that can get dirty. Because I always say, this happened the other night, I always say, I'm not going to wear my good clothes out to the barn. Well, I wore my good clothes out to the barn the other night for pretty much the last time, because now all my clothes are going to be barn clothes. They're just going to be cute barn clothes. And spring and summer is coming up. I thought I need a couple of polos to add to my collection because I have like navy blue burgundy and hunter green polos you know those are boring so uh, I went up to horselovers.com and I was like what do these guys have for for polos you know they're good horse radio network loves them and I hit pater I hit pater it's the equine couture redwood polo it's stripes so it's got that like 70s Early '80s flashback feel to it, mm-hmm. you know. These we all do work.
0: actually. Ac- yeah, that's what I thought of actually.
1: Yeah. So, which is coming back around, you know?
0: um Kind of almost the, the nautical version of it uh, from years ago.
1: Exactly. It's the the '70s preppy look, and uh of course, it's stretchy, which I can't wear anything that's not stretchy anymore, especially in the saddle. And here's the kicker. Okay, so they're super cute. They're for their, they have the feminine cut, so they don't hang baggy. You I know, actually look saw like.
0: these at Ada, and uh, there's nothing hidden there. They look just like they are in the pictures, and yeah. I, I think that you know you're going to be happy with them.
1: They're 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 definitely feminine cut, which is nice. I don't want to look like I'm wearing my brother's clothing. Here's the best part. Ready? The price. I was a little surprised. I'm like, that's got to be a typo. But now I'm going to get ten of them. They're nine ninety nine a piece.
0: Are you sure that's not a typo?
1: Oh, it, it, that's what it says up on the website. And in fact, it says the regular price is $29.95. And then there's a discount. It says $19.96. I don't know why. But then it says your price, $9.99. So you're like, all right, let's 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 select.
0: I think you better buy them quick.
1: it's <laughs> a <laughs> cart, right? So I, I was like, let me just test it out and make sure. super cute. And sure enough, the Equine Couture Redwood Polo goes into my cart. You go to check out, and it's
0: nine ninety nine. Oh, wow.
1: Well, they that's do turn good
0: pie.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not bad.
0: Cool. Very good. When well, that's at, uh, you saw that at horselovers.com, right?
1: Yeah. Horse that's- Lovers with a Z. Horse yep. lovers. Equine
0: couture redwood polo. And we'll put that in our show notes so you can find it there. I uh, might have to show these to Jennifer. She might pick up a couple of those. I
1: know the navy blue with the pink stripe is my favorite. Mm. I That's thought you'd like that one. Reminds me of those old rugby shirts that we used to wear. Yeah. I was in high school.
0: Yeah. I thought I thought you'd like that. Too. Actually, it does have that kind of nautical look, that that one especially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that Those colors. Yeah. Very good, cool, good pick, uh, Thank and you. we'll put put a link to that in our show notes if you're if you're wondering or you just uh, are out cleaning stalls like Carrie and you can't remember just uh, <laughs> remember to go to our show notes at StableScoop.com is where you can find all the products that we talk about uh, no matter what they are and uh, well one of the things too we did get in and we'll be talking about here in the next couple of weeks is we got the the uh, hindsight Camera in, uh, we had seen them at uh, Ada, and they sent us one for testing. That is the very elaborate, very uh, bomb-proof camera that you can put in your trailer to keep an eye on your horses when you're traveling. And this is the Super Duper model. So these are not like the cheapies that that we've seen before that are really, you know, house security cameras made into, you know, retrofitted. These are waterproof. They are tough. So we're going to test them this weekend. Uh, we're going to take old Scooter for a ride, and uh, we're going to test them this weekend and see how they work and you know, give it to once over. So I'll have the report on the hindsight cameras if you're looking at getting a camera system for your trailer. Cool. So that's coming up. And uh, also, uh, that's about it, I guess. Uh, oh, I have to mention it here because they forbid me from talking about Scooter anymore on horses in the morning because I was kind of overdoing it. So I can talk about it here. He's over 8 million <laughs> views on his video. Wow. Can you believe that? that? That water rolling video? I know. It's hard to believe. It was starting to die out and then Debbie Laux posted it on Monty Roberts' page who <sighs> has a half a million followers and then it was like shot up again. <laughs> so, yep. Oh, Scooter. I think we officially can say he's the most popular pony in the world.
1: He is. Well, it's the perfect horsey rags to riches story uh, based next to Snowman. The eighty dollar champion. <laughs> See scooters right up there with Snowman. You could have a movie made about him, a book. Get your <laughs> pen out. Get your pen straight. <laughs> See, he was quiet there for a minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, actually. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can find Helena at sparkleandboom.com, also at helena at horseradionetwork.com. We also like your feedback. Send us an email. Drop us a note on Facebook. Follow us on over at Stable Scoop on Facebook. And many thanks to this week's sponsors. We appreciate them all. And, of course, Dr. Rose's Remedies was one of our sponsors this week. I've been using that product for a long time. Uncle Jimmy's, who doesn't like Uncle Jimmy's, Hanging Balls and the Clarion Lexington, all uh, all uh, sponsors for this week's show. That's and me you, every time, and, they, <laughs> and thank you so much for actually supporting our sponsors. That's what make this all makes this all work. That's it, Helena.
1: That was that was a lot. It was. That was a lot this week, but I, I think it was enough. And um if if it wasn't enough, we'll be back next week with more. Until then, happy scooping.